I think it's amazing, not just for the people who have special needs to be able to take the classes, but it's really great for the other families and children that come to your studio to learn how to be empathic and accepting and just welcoming and good, good humans. We need more kindness in this world and more, less competition and more support of one another. I think women really do. I sound so cliche, but we do need to support each other. Mm -hmm. And I feel you're really teaching that at a young age more than just dance. Hey guys, welcome to the Power and Persistence podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Blois, business owner, mentor, self-care advocate, manifester, wife, and mama of two. This podcast is designed to make you feel seen and inspired. Join me for honest and raw conversations with successful women and purpose-driven entrepreneurs. We'll explore how they imperfectly but persistently juggle career, family, and relationships, all while honoring their authentic selves. Let's dive in. Hi, Alexia. Hi. I am so happy you're here today. We are joined by Alexia Leavis. She is the founder and CEO of Aspire Dance Studio in Westlake Village. It's an amazing studio. I'm lucky enough to have my daughter there. Um, So you've owned Aspire now for 10 years, but I know you had quite a journey to get to where you are. So why don't you give us just a little bit of background about who you are? Okay. Um, First of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on your podcast today. Um, I, my journey started in dance when I was four. Um, my mom put me in dance. Um, I guess she, like one of the neighbors in the neighborhood invited her to the recital that their older daughter was in and she went and watched and just fell in love with it and thought, Oh, what a great activity for my, um, kid to be in. They're gonna, she's gonna learn confidence and, um, be involved with music and movement and dancing and all that kind of stuff. And I guess I was also shy, um, Mm -hmm. really shy at the time. And she thought, let's put her on stage. That'll get rid of the shyness. But um, yeah, my, uh, she put me in, you know, just little baby class ballet tap. And from there, it just became my thing. I fell in love with it. Um, Every year as I got older and more classes were available for me to take, I would beg to take every single one. I wanted to be there every day of the week. My parents were like, Sundays are the day you're not going to dance. We're going to have one day a week where it's family day. Um, And we, me and my sister would just make up dances in the basement. That was like our fun thing to do. Did your Uh, sister dance too? She did. Yeah. When, when she was little, she did. Um, and then from there, I just kept, kept it up in high school, kept it up in college after I graduated, even as an adult, um, I actually, uh, was an elementary school teacher. And so I would do my adult job during the day. And then in the evening I would either go teach dance or take, um, go take class like every day of the week. Um, my parents would always go, when are you going to stop this dancing thing? When are you going to outgrow it? And I never did. Um, I ended up moving, um, oh, oh I grew up in Colorado. Yeah, I was and- say, you started in Colorado and yeah. How did you get out here? 
So a bunch of my friends moved out here to LA to pursue dance professionally, which was never my goal. My goal was just to keep, keep it as a recreational thing, kind of. Oh, really? uh, hmm, Yeah. My fun release. And I decided, oh, I'm going to move to LA. Um, I would come here all the time on vacation or during spring break, winter break, summer break, um, just to take classes. Uh, You would, your parents would fly you out to California. No, no, no. This was me as an adult, like in college and after. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So as an adult, um, I would myself, that's where I would spend my time. So I would come stay with the friends who had moved here and then kind of live the LA life for a week or two and yeah. go take class and everything. And then I decided at one point, oh, I'm going to move to California for one year. The, the thing was one year, go have an adventure, um, keep my day job, my teaching job, do exactly what I was doing in Colorado, but just do it here. Mm-hmm. And one year has turned into, I, I just counted recently, I think it's 17. I think I've been wow. here 17 years now. So I ended up um, uh, ending my teaching career. It, it, I fell into teaching because I love teaching dance and I thought, oh, that'll apply to mm-hmm. teaching school. But mm-hmm. it just wasn't um it wasn't the right fit for me. So then from there, um I kind of had an interesting journey. I I f- through dance got into doing makeup. So then I oh, became really? an artist for a while. Mm-hmm. I was a makeup artist in LA. No, that's what I really wanted to do out of high school. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn how to do makeup. Yeah. And my mom said, after you get a college degree, and then obviously like I just kept going, but yeah. I would have loved to learn. Make yeah. It yeah, it was really fun. Um, and it was it that was also an interesting journey as well in itself. But I did that. And then um some of my dance friends in LA were also teachers at different studios that happened to be in this area in the Thousand Oaks area. Okay, so and they I was gonna say, like, were you in LA proper or were you out this way? No, I was I lived in LA and um from there, and they, I also had a couple of friends that coached some of the dance teams in this area. So then slowly it was like, oh, do you want to come and teach a class? Or do you want to come and participate in this? And, and kind of got my foot in the door. How so, old were you at this point? Late 20s. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then I started teaching and coaching up here in this area. I would drive back and forth. So that then I turned into doing the oh. makeup job during the day doing the teaching here in the evening and then also taking class in LA, um, you know, like in the afternoon, evening or on the weekends or whatever. And then I ended up driving back and forth here. It turned into five, six, seven days a week. So then eventually I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm moving up. I'm moving up to the suburbs. So I moved up to Westlake and then I was doing full time, which I never even um, thought was a possibility of a, of a dream of like, I can do the dance thing full time. I ended up teaching full time and, um, quitting the makeup job. I didn't need it anymore. And I really, really had opportunities to just kind of find myself as a choreographer, really, um, like work on my skills as a teacher, things like that. And then eventually, then started coming into my head. What if I own my own dance studio? What if I take, took the things that, um, I've learned from other studios and um, places that I've coached at and just kind of do it my way and eventually just went, you know, took you that. Went all in. Yeah. So 
I know, and I know you now know, owning a business is so much more than just <laughs> loving your craft and then saying, I'm going to just be able to create something and do it my way. So when you decided to make that jump to owning your own studio, had you watched somebody? Did you have a mentor? Had you Did you have any idea of what you were doing? Or were you like me, where you just thought, I can do this? And then you thought, holy shit, what did I get myself into? I have this whole other hat yeah. now where I have to learn how to be a business owner and a boss. And I didn't really like prepare myself for that. I kind of like had to learn as I as I went. Yeah. Um, same thing. I did not go to business school. I took one business class in college. I did grow up around a family, um, family and extended family that all own their own businesses. So my parents, you know what? My, my dad and grandpa owned a business too. And I grew up around that too, but I don't think that helped me at all. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, the ironic thing is what, um, with my dad having his own business, he always planned to give it to me and my sister and all through high school college after college I was like I want nothing to do what kind of business not um, a furniture store and it's like that's not my plan I don't want to be a business owner that's not the plan because I thought business owner was like selling something Uh and I wasn't interested in selling something so um I also my sister definitely paid attention more than I did and she Mm -hmm went to business school and that was and her plan the whole time. Um, but yeah, no, it was never my plan. So I did, I had no, it was all trial and error. I had a friend, um, <laughs> who owned, owned a very successful and like, um, prestigious studio in Colorado. And she kind of was my mentor, okay. um, opening. And then the first two years I would call her like every week with questions or what do yeah. I do about this or how do I do that? But no, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. The business part of it is still what I'm learning. Uh-huh. Uh, it really, truly came from the passion of being a dance teacher, choreographer, uh-huh. um, just making a difference. And then I was like, everything's going to be so easy. It's going to so be easy. One of the studios that I was working for at the time when I told her I'm deciding to open up my own studio, she was like, what? She's like, do you even know how much time it takes? Do you know how many hours I spend? Do yeah. you know what time I get here and what time I stop? And I was like, it's you're crazy. Fine. I'm not, I'm going to be more organized than you. It's not going to take as much time. It's not going to take my uh-huh. whole life. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's like so much to it that you don't even realize it goes into running a business. Like there's so many things that I never even thought about. Yeah. And then it's all consuming. Um, I always say like I wanted three kids and then the business is my third. And because of it, we had to be done. Um, but I have to tell you, Alexia, I think about this all the time. Um, oh, Sydney's in here. My daughter who dances with Alexia heard Alexia's voice. Come on, oh. say hi. Hi, Sydney. Say hi. <laughs> Use your voice. I'm eating. You're eating. Okay. <laughs> you can go. um now I oh I know what I was gonna say when we started getting to a certain size my husband joined me and he's a CPA so he can help with like the numbers and the payroll and the HR and the finances Alexia you do this on your own and just for anybody listening Alexia's studio is not small you guys it is not 
small. There is a lot going on between how many dance teachers she has, how many students she has, how much square footage you have in that studio and all the competitions that you coordinate. So can you just kind of, I, I have so many questions, but let's start here. How do you manage like the mental load oh. of everything? Um, that is something I'm still learning to do. Um, I, I think because the nature of a dance studio and, or it's maybe who I am as a person, I don't know, um, is so, it's so personal and it's mm -hmm. making connections with children. And even my employees, it's not just like, see you at work and see you later. Like we're all friends. We see each other outside of the studio same thing with the kids like w once you get to competition and we're seeing each other on the weekends and yeah. um, parents become family and kids become family it's it so it becomes so personal so not mm -hmm. only do I have everything on my mind all the time about running the business like my to-do list yeah is always just super long like one thing gets checked off something gets put on yeah um, but then it's also, how's this kid doing? Are, mm -hmm. are we doing the best we can for them? I, I think mm -hmm. about it, it, how you say your business is your third child. This is yeah. my child. Yeah. This is, this is fully my child, Um, you know, from newborn age to, I always joke about this year two, I call it the terrible twos. It was the worst year. It was so hard. And then, yeah. you, you know, you're three, you got your toddler and it keeps growing. And now I have a, a, fifth grader, 10 year old. Um, and you also did this during the pandemic. And yeah, that was it. I just, I, for me, learning how to clear my mind when I come home is something I'm still trying to work on. Or if it's a break or time off, I'm still trying yeah. to work on. That's my, what do you do? What have what you found? I mean, I, I think it, you're right. Like it's something it's an ever evolving journey. Like, I don't know if I'll ever say, oh, I know exactly what to do to clear my mind. But for me, I was obsessive compulsive about the business when it started. And um, it's over the years that I realized I'm a better leader if I release a little bit of it and check out a little bit sometimes. Um, so I have found ways that work for me. What, what works for you? Um, well, as the business has grown and as the years have gone on, I've, I've hired more people that help with administrative things. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm <clears throat> definitely still learning how to not um, be like a helicopter. Um, <laughs> <boss>. <laughs> um, but it's your name. I get it. I also, I really do. I really do trust my employees. There's just yeah. some times where I'm like, uh, I'm just going to do it myself really quick. I'm just going to do it myself really quick and really quick turns into not really quick. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm trying to work on that. But then as far as unplugging, honestly, <laughs> it's just with sweetie. It's just with my dog. It's like going on long walks. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the times on long walks, <clears throat> it's where I choose my music and uh, start my choreography in my head. So but do you need a kind of a quiet space in order to oh, yeah. do that. Yeah, I am I am a hundred percent, believe it or not, um, the classic definition of an introvert. I get my energy being alone. Yeah. So since I'm around people all day every day, uh -huh. uh, that doesn't 
since I'm not an extrovert, that doesn't give me energy that takes away. So that I come home or on the weekends, like I just need a lot of the time. I just need to be alone. It needs to be quiet. I just need to be out or be outside, be in nature, mm-hmm. like go on walks, whatever that's kind of, but I'm really, uh, aware that I, I need to work on, um, not driving myself. I'm always like, Oh, I can stay up a little longer. I, I come home and I'm working again. I get home at 10 and then I work. I say, what time do you even get home? Yeah. I get home. I usually get home around 10. So then eat, yeah. <laughs> eat dinner around 10. Um, yeah. And Very healthy. Very I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll pick up the computer, but then I also, a lot of these things, like I'm like, uh, I'm just a, a natural propensity towards creation. Uh-huh. So for example, the holiday show we just had, uh-huh. usually every year it's very casual. Everyone does their own thing. It's like not a big deal. And this year I had this idea to create this whole show and do this new thing. So I knew I was giving myself a ton of extra work, but at the same time, like if I get my mindset on something, yeah. It's plus and minus. If I get my mindset on something, it's happening. And I'm going to yep. do anything it takes to What's make What's your birthday? August 5th. I'm oh, okay. Okay. Because I'm in Aries, but I'm the same way. Um, I've been called a dog with a bone. Because when I have an idea or I want to create something, that's it. Like, it's all I can think about to probably Ben's dismay. He's like, chill. And when he has an idea and I'm like, what the hell's taking you so long? Yeah. But yeah, I, I get that. It's like full force, which also is good because when COVID happened, it was like right away making this happen. What can I do? It was like full force and making Mm -hmm. it happen. I can make things happen. I can make things happen, but it usually is to the point of where then I end up like always like being sick or super tired or whatever. So yeah, that's where my it's definitely a double-edged sword. Um, I always work with a coach because I need a mentor and a coach to guide me and lead me along. And I was actually um, messaging her yesterday because I have these things that I want to be doing. And the fact that it's taking time or I don't know exactly how to do it or how I want to do it is really, really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I There's no grace or patience for Mm -hmm. creation on my end. I'm like, well, if I had this idea and I've seen someone else do it in their life, what the hell's taking my success so long? So yes, it's, I get it. Like it's a gift because like when we're focused, we go for it. And I don't think, I really don't think if you're not super driven, business ownership is, I don't want to say it's not for you, but you have to be like willing to propel forward when shit really gets hard. But it's also a curse because it consumes you and depletes you. So it's just finding, I never say balance, but just finding how to honor like both sides of that and when to put in more to one side or take, I don't know. It's a journey for sure. Me and my sister have that same conversation often um, because she, her and her husband just opened their own business a few years ago. Um, and same thing. We have that conversation. Like it's kind of, it's kind of an obsessive all in, you have to be willing to do anything it takes, which 
uh, yeah. that's, I that's guess that, that's my, that's one of my strengths right there. And the yeah. opposition is one of my weaknesses, which is what I'm working on getting. Better. Yeah. I think yeah. like the awareness to just know where you always need to be working on something is also really helpful. I would say, um, you know, in our business at our clinic, we have a really great management team now, which has allowed us to, it took me a year now of me being like right over next to my clinical director to then be like, okay, you got this because she's amazing and she does it. Um, and it allows me to do this podcast and some other creative things that I want to be doing on the site as well. Um, but allowing that to come in, take, like, gave me the freedom, but it's so hard to release it, but it really is what allows game changing. But now I joke that I'm only really called upon or needed if shit hits the fan. So mm-hmm. like my job now is just to deal with like the worst of the worst when the rest of the team's like, nope, I'm out. Like that one, this one's too tricky. So <laughs> it kind of just makes you the fire putter outer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I call um, myself, I'm also the principal because since okay. I have children, sometimes I'm like the principal of yeah. the studio. Well, I want to compliment you too on how you are with the children. Cause I know, you know, you, I guess you are a teacher, so you work with it, but for my daughter, she was really struggling with, um, kind of having more expectations put on her mm-hmm. as a dancer and you handled it so beautifully. You gave me options that I didn't even know were options. And I didn't know what she would do, but she did exactly what you thought she would do. It worked exactly the way (laughs) you let her go from level two back to level one and experience it. And then she, now that we're back and it's the new year, she's back in level two. She came home last night and she goes, mom, I love level two. We are back in business. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And then I looked at each other like, who's that? Where did she hear we're back in business? But it's what she needed. And I never would have come to you and been like, what about this idea? But you just, you knew what to do for her. And she, um, the other thing about your studio that you've created is it's such a place of happiness for her and such a safe place with the teachers and the other families there. It's, it's just so nice. And, you know, in Westlake, there's a different kind of crowd sometimes and being a newer family to your studio a couple of years ago, or I don't even know now, but, um, I never felt uncomfortable around anybody. Everybody's so welcoming. It's such a nice energy there. It was so easy to just come in and join. That's that has really been my purpose. Um, growing up, and even still now, dance in itself. I'm not talking about like my team versus your team. I'm talking about like in class, mm-hmm. me versus the person I'm on the team with that mm-hmm. I'm standing next to in class. Um, it's it's j- dance is generally very like highly competitive person mm-hmm. and um can get a little bit nasty and uh growing up I I wasn't at uh, the studios I was at weren't on the far end of that spectrum I'd say it was kind of in the middle but 
just seeing it for so many years and seeing um just being a part of different studios and just the dance world in general it can be so cutthroat and I for me dance is always so therapeutic and healing and I always wanted to be there and I always loved being there and I felt a little bit of that but I tried to make it more like how can I just be the best my best version of myself as a dancer was that innate for you or did someone no I was lucky like especially I had an incredible ballet teacher who ballet can often be um the cutthroat end of of that Mm -hmm. dance um Mm -hmm. kind of dance world but she was oh she just made every single person feel so like we mattered and our any progress we made was such a big deal and um she worked us really, really hard, but she was just such a positive and supportive teacher. And that stuck with me. And then also in college, I had college and as an adult had some teachers and um, leaders kind of in the dance community that looked at dance in a more holistic way, which is what was my purpose in opening the studio. And I for me hearing kids cheer for each other in class and if somebody gets picked out like you did this combo really awesome we want to watch you do having everybody cheer for them instead of standing there going it should have been me how come come they're not they're not looking at me oh that's the way it normally is like that how did you how did you create it so what do you do to foster that um it's that's a good question because your kids definitely cheer for each other. Like yeah. we hear it all the time. Like I, so I like, this is the first time Sydney's been a part of a studio, like more than just like taking a class once or twice a week, like being a part of competitions and everything. And so I thought that's just the way it was because that's all I've ever seen. No, it's not. We had a last year at one of the regionals we went to, I had some studio owners from another studio come up to me, like after an award ceremony or something and say, how do you get your dancers to be so supportive of each other? Audience and we're listening to them cheer for each other. And we want our studio to be like that, but we don't oh. know how to do it. And I just, that was one of, that's a moment that's going to stick with me forever. Yeah. I, that, but I don't even know what awards we won that, that competition. I just oh, remember those owners yeah. coming up and saying that. Um, Oh, that's I amazing. specifically remember it might have been like the second or the third the first two years the team was super small um so it really was just like we're a small team we're sticking together uh we're going to competition against these huge teams and here we are with like seven kids we're just <laughs> happy to to be there and be who we were and as it got bigger some of that started happening innately that especially with the older ones some of that kind of like competitive all that female energy man Mm -hmm. um and I remember when we were doing our our run through I think it was like the third or the fourth year we were doing our run through for before the first competition like kind of dress rehearsal at the studio and everyone's just sitting there watching just like no reactions so I remember saying okay here's what we're gonna do anytime you see somebody in one of the dances doing something that catches your eye like they're smiling or they have a lot of energy or they did a 
really great leap or whatever. They hit their turns, whatever it is. I want you to clap really loud and scream their name. And at first, as the dress rehearsal started, they were like, we're doing what? As the teachers, we're just going for it. We're like, yeah, go, you know, whoever you, that was so awesome. And just like quiet. And then we do it again. And then slowly they kind of started jumping in. Okay. Okay. And I remember that rehearsal, the little ones that are now not little anymore. They're now yeah. like middle school kids that are about to be in high school next year. Um, The little ones, they got into it first right away and they thought it was so fun. So they're screaming and cheering. Yeah. And the older ones are hearing it. And then the older ones are getting excited when the little ones are watching the dance and cheering for them. And it's a, a nice energy and a nice feeling. So then when we switched, it just, it was like, we literally had to teach it. It took time and we had to teach it. But then the more we did it, then they started doing it in class too. It wasn't just for rehearsal. It wasn't just for yeah. run through. And sometimes we forget sometimes we're folk like the dancers are focused on what they're learning or whatever it may be but uh-huh. we have to bring it back and try to remind them and then same thing when we're at a competition or out of performance we're actively encouraging them like if you're standing here in the wings watching your friend cheer for them when they come off mm-hmm. stage make sure to tell them good job and now it's just been happening for so many years um, even if somebody new comes into the team, they see that yeah. that's what we do and then they do it. I love it. And I have to, I feel like I'm a paid advertisement right now for your studio, but I'm a mama bear watching my daughter go through it. And um, first of all, the older kids, the way they are with the younger kids, I mean, yes, my daughter's a little leech with the older ones, but they're so sweet. I can like take her to a show or competition and say, so-and-so, can you make sure she like go to the bathroom before she goes on stage? And they're like, absolutely. And she's goes into their arms like so quickly. And these aren't even your teachers. These are just the older kids at the studio that are so welcoming and warm. So that's just amazing. And then the other part about when Sydney told me she wanted to be a dancer, that made me a little nervous because this is something I've struggled with my whole life and I continue to as an adult is body image. Um, I know I'm not a part of the older girls, but I feel like there's such a variety of shapes and sizes and acceptance. Sydney has not said anything. And I love that the costumes you guys pick out are not scandalous. They're very age appropriate, which I tell people all the time because I've been to competitions and there's some costumes that are not appropriate. Um, but how, how was it for you as a dancer? And then as you turned into a dance studio owner, I'm sure the body and image component is a big thing that you have to think about. This is very personal to me. So, um, growing up, I was the bigger dancer. Um, I had some teachers that just made it very known and that made it uh maybe picture day I remember putting on a costume and being like oh okay I have to go take a picture in this costume now um I don't know if this was in my head or if this was real I had certain teachers that I felt would put me in the back because I wasn't as skinny as everyone else um and I swear like this whole conversation I didn't expect it but I'm getting like emotional um yeah you're getting into my no you're getting my into my but it's so important here. Um, and that ballet teacher I'm telling you about, she 
Okay. I had, I had a different ballet teacher, I think until I was like eight or nine, this, this ballet teacher I had till I was eight or nine decided to have a meeting with my mom to tell my mom, your older daughter, me, she's never going to be a dancer. She doesn't have the right body. Eight or nine. She doesn't have a good turnout. She's never going to be a dancer. You should just quit. But your younger daughter, my sister, she's the one that can be a dancer. My sister was like one of the little kids that like a stick for your skin kid. Like always like running like Energizer Bunny, like that kind of kid. Yeah. Uh, And super naturally talented at anything athletic she did. Dance for me. Um, just a side note, I, my natural talent in dance comes in choreography, um, uh-huh. that ever since I was little, that's my natural talent The making my body do what my mind wants it to has mm-hmm. been okay. I'm naturally flexible. Um, everything I I've accomplished with my body being able to dance has been work, which I don't regret at all. It's been a cool journey to be able to do that. But so that ballet teacher says that my mom comes home and decides to tell me, I don't really know why. Um, And then I was crying and I was like, so what does that mean? Does that mean I have to, I just, we're eight or nine at this eight at this point. Yes. Okay. Like, do we need to quit dancing? Like what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like she didn't know what to do. So this ballet teacher ends up not continuing at that studio where in the new ballet teacher comes in. The one that I'm telling you was like really Mm -hmm. super influential on me from the second she comes in. Never did I feel like I don't have enough turnout. Um, My body doesn't look right. Whatever it may be. Hey, I keep growing, go through middle school, start through high school. Um, my body just time ever bigger and a little bit further away from what a dancer body should look like. Yeah. Uh, my sophomore year of high school, I get diagnosed with hypothyroidism that was undiagnosed since about fifth grade. We figured out, um, and I get on thyroid medication, which immediately literally shrinks me down to like half the size yeah. I was. And I remember standing at the bar one day doing my plies and my ballet teacher, the incredible one comes up yeah. to me. She is like. I'm very concerned about you. Are you eating? Oh. And it was like, yeah. Cause I had it. I don't know. Am I going to go up to my ballet teacher and say yeah. like, Hey, they found out I had a thyroid issue and I'm taking yeah. medicine and like, I like lost all this weight, whatever. Um, and she was like, I'm going to keep watching you. And if you lose any more weight, I am talking to your mom which was it wasn't like every other dance teacher which would go oh you're too big i'm gonna talk to your mom and get you on a diet blah 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 blah. so that or everything or telling you you look so good now no she never said you look so good now she was like i am very concerned are you eating it was not like oh you look so yeah oh you lost all that weight you look so good so then from there, amazing. going to college, you know, gaining the freshman 15, kind of going, I've always had the roller coaster. I the freshman 50, Alexia, so. <laughs> it's like always the roller coaster going up and down with me with my body. And my, my personal body image as a dancer is still, it's just very uh, it, mentally up here. It's 
it's been a journey. So one thing for me, and then even people that I taught studios for, that I coached dance teams for, the comments I would hear, they would give kids opportunities that looked a certain way and the other ones that didn't look a certain way. And I was always the fighter. Yeah, I'll do the solo of the kid that doesn't look like everyone else. And I'll make them, I'll show you how incredible they are. Yeah, I'm going to support. And then I would try to verbalize and start using words. You're so beautiful. You're such an incredible dancer. Um, and try to like really make an effort to make sure yeah. everybody, so never since day one of the studio opening, uh, uh-uh, I will have a, any sort of body type, any height, any size, any abilities, disabilities we had, uh, um, well, and I was going to uh, get to the, get we to had this part with us, um, that you didn't yeah. know she was at the old, before we moved to the studio at the old studio who had scoliosis in her spine and her spine was fused. She literally had a crooked spine and her spine was fused. She had, um, physical limitations. Like one side of her body was super flexible. The other side was super like unflexible. There were things she literally couldn't do for the safety of her body. Her old studio started kicking her out of dances because she couldn't do the choreography that everyone else was doing. When she came to us, she came to us just to do tap because her mom said, that's all the old, the other studio only wants her to do tap. So could she please compete in tap? And we were like, sure, but doesn't, does she want to do anything else? And she's like, mom said, yeah, she wants to do jazz. She wants to do contemporary. She loves all of it. But she, I'm just telling you right now, she can't do some of the choreography everybody else can do. And I said, all right, no problem. That's just for us to become better choreographers. I love it. I love it. So um, she became a featured person absolutely. of the things she could do instead of like, you can't be on our team because you can't do some of these things. It was like, look at all those cool things you can do. Yeah. And we're going to figure out choreography in a more interesting way. Yeah. I, don't know. I love that. Have you... Um... I think, I mean, I think that's so special. I, I always too, I mean, I wasn't a dancer, but with my friend group or whatever, I felt like the bigger person all the time and it, it doesn't go away, right? You don't like turn 28 and think, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. Like the voice stays, you get older and you mature and you realize maybe it shouldn't matter as much, but it's still there. So as a mom of a daughter, I'm super protective of it because um, there was a lot of emphasis when I was a kid from one of my parents that I felt like my body needed to be a certain way. And I, I just don't want that for her. So to know I can drop her off and leave her and she never comes home or to know she's safe in the dance world yep. in that way is so important. And do you, as a, as a, owner of the studio and as a teacher, cause you still choreograph and teach as well. Do you have kids that you have had to like walk through this journey? Um, I feel, I think we just do it through our support. I've I never that. really had, yeah. no, I've never, um, if I ever have noticed if a kid is like when we're trying on costumes and if they're looking at themselves, mm-hmm compared mm-hmm. to else and kind of like giving eyes uh like 
oh, I don't look how they look or feel uncomfortable or pulling something down. Or I, I will always, always, always say you look incredible in that. Or I'll say, do you feel uncomfortable? If we don't all feel comfortable in it, we'll wear something else. Like mm -hmm. I never want somebody to go on stage feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but it's more just kind of, I'm very, very, very observant. I'm too observant sometimes. Um, super, super observant. So just more keep an eye on it that way. And do you talk to your teachers about doing that too? Um, I will not hire anybody who's going to be any other way than supportive of a dancer's body. It's great. That's not where it's just so important. It's such a gift to give all these kids something else that you do, Alexia, that I, I mean, I haven't been at a lot of studios, but you have classes for um, adults or mm -hmm. teenagers. I mean, they're not little, but with special needs, which from somebody who works in, I work with children with special needs. That's what I do. That um, really, really touched me and spoke to me. How did you decide that you wanted to incorporate that into your studio? Um, I, when I opened my studio, I had a friend in Colorado who opened a studio around the same time, like within six months. Uh, I think she was like six months ahead of me. So I was following her journey um, and a few years in, she started a special needs dance class. And I was like, that is so awesome. Um, and then I was like, how do I do that? So I reached out to her, what did you do? And she's like, honestly, I just kind of had people from the community coming to me and, and, you know, showing interest in it. So I, I was like, okay, that sounds great. How do you do it? How do you run it? What do you teach? So she kind of, um, talked to me, you know, through the way she did her program. And then I said, okay, we're going to do it. So I put it out into the community. And um, those first years, we had a more variety of ages, actually. We had, um, I think, like, from eight years old all the way up. And now the ones that are older adults at that point were either, like, middle school or high school. Um, so they've stayed with so, you. Yeah, yeah. They've been the ones that are that you see performing and yeah. that are class that have stayed through COVID and they've stayed through everything. They've been like so cool. seven years. Um, so it just kind of started like that. And I used a lot. This is where my teaching background came in. I used mm -hmm. a lot of my knowledge from being a school teacher mm -hmm. um, to structure those classes and to kind of create those classes and kind of combined with you know, my knowledge of teaching dance and mm -hmm. that to me, then I ironically, an organization did come to me and say, Hey, we have a whole group of young adults that we would like to bring once a week to take class. So then it was a weekly class that was open to the public. And then another weekly class that was just for this one private group. Um, so that program has been so special to me and um I this that's a program that I just want to see grow and thrive even more than it has um I think COVID was the extra group that would just bring their young adults in they paused during COVID and that hasn't started up again yet it's that's kind of been like a I, one of the I things think that made, like about, but flyers for that group and I'll put them in my clinic okay. and then I'll, I mean, I'm so support. I, I love it. I think we should really let all these families know it exists 
And literally in just the last week since we've come back from break, now I'm having, now we've had multiple inquiries from younger, like three to five yeah. year olds. And I've never had that before. That's so great. And I how to structure that because it's, because it's the three to five year old curriculum is already so different. So now I'm trying to, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around. Um, I think it's great. And I, um, I will help get the word out however I can. We have um, so many little kids on the spectrum or with special needs. Um, I'm more than happy to put it on our social media and put it up. I mean, I have your flyers just like in general, but if you wanted for something, if you want to grow that part, um, I think it's such a gift for those families in the community. And I love that, you know, like Sydney um, and all the other kids, they get to watch, right? These kids on the stage. That is important to me. And ever since the beginning of having those classes, when we do show and tell, so what, whatever class it happened to end up being at the same time with, and when we get to performance time and we do show and tell, it has always been important for me to bring those classes into the dance room and have other dancers and parents see everybody dancing and support each other in that way and not make it weird and not make it like, oh, look at that class. Oh my God, mm-hmm. dancing. Like, nope, we're all doing show and tell together and we're all dancing in the same way. Mm-hmm. That's yep. important to me. And now, um, like Hannah and Taylor, who have been there forever, they know everybody's name. Everybody knows them. They they come in the door. They're like, Taylor, how are you? Hannah, how are you? How was your break? How are you doing? Hannah, for the last few years, has also been in um, non-special needs classes, like my teen tap, and she'll take adult classes and things like that. And it's never, ever, ever. And if anybody were to ever give a look or say anything for one second, I would shut it down right away, but it's never, it's not like, oh, I'm taking class with somebody who's different than me or uh, why can't they, you know, do the dance the same way that nope, 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 nope. I, I mean, I really commend you and because you're offering something that other people don't, and you're also teaching people how to be good people, which that's my main goal. That's my I, main goal. That's the purpose of the studio. Okay, wait. I'm gonna tell Hazel start. Um, you can start recording again. So you were just telling me, um, Alexia, that the main purpose of your studio is because I was telling you, I think it's amazing not just for the people who have special needs to be able to take the classes, but it's really great for the other families and children that come to your studio to learn how to be empathic and accepting and um, just welcoming yes. and good, good humans. We need more kindness in this world and more, less competition and more support of one another. Yes. Do you want to, especially yep. women? I yep. think women really do. I sound so cliche, but we do need to support each other. Mm-hmm. And I feel you're really teaching that at a young age more than just dance. That's the, the dance is the byproduct, Mm. the bigger picture The dance is the tool is the opportunity is the way Mm -hmm. to teach. The ultimate purpose is to create good humans, 
give them tools to be good people, to be responsible, to be hardworking, to be supportive, like mm-hmm. shape who they're going to be as people more than uh, if someone wants to become a professional dancer, that's great. And we'll mm-hmm. help them get there. But that is not that is not the main purpose of the studio, nor has it ever been, nor will so, it ever Did be. you know that when you opened it, that this is what you were going to create? The mentor said, the first thing you need to do is create your mission statement because everything you do, every single decision you make and everything you do will be shaped from that. So it was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So then I, it, it came to me really fast, actually. It was maybe a few days, the... Um, we nurture and feed the soul, body, and mind through dance. It just came to me. And then that's been the guiding light ever since. And sometimes, you know, if we veer off path a little bit here or there, um, or, you know, life, like during COVID, it was like provide a safe space physically that we can all participate in. So sometimes it'll veer a little bit off course, but then mm-hmm. always, um, I'm always thinking of how how we bring it back to that and how that's the ultimate that's the ultimate you're doing a great job you're you really are doing what you set out to do so tell us as we wrap up as a business owner and creating this you know without the background of business ownership what have been your biggest hurdles what have been the biggest lessons you've learned and what have been your biggest triumphs the biggest hurdles I think are just well, especially at the beginning, just understanding how to even run a business and mm-hmm. making that a priority. I think it took me a few years to realize in order for a business to be sustainable, it has to, it has to, it can't be in the red. It has to make, it has to make like, money. I know that's the hardest. Like I need to pay myself to live, to be able to continue. You just want to make everyone happy and give your staff everything they want and help the families afford it. But you're like, but it is a business. I I know. <laughs> Like I have bills to pay. I have COVID wow. made that so extremely apparent. Oh my goodness. I need to do everything it takes to keep this open because I I have not only families and dancers depending on me, but staff. This is their livelihood. So that's been a, a hurdle for me to just conceptualize the fact that this is a business put on that hat and make it and we need to actually be making money to sustain the business you hear me taking my big deep sighs because I got myself in trouble so many times saying yes to my employees or trying to help out families in different ways and being like uh this will not keep the business alive if I don't bring emotion out of it a little and bit it's hard when it's a service because it's not like I'm selling a t-shirt and you have to pay for the t-shirt before you walk out the door um and when it's children involved like a kid walks in the door and it's hard for me to go turn right around and walk out because because you can't afford it or you can't it's just so that's a huge 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 one for me um and then I think just literally just learning how to run a business and delegate and create systems and um, be a leader. I'm a, I'm great at being a leader with the kids, but I'm also trying to learn to be a leader with staff mm-hmm. and be more efficient and just be more cohesive and not uh, Kelsey has a theory and she might be right that I might have like adult ADD where my brain is in like 7 million places. At once yeah. Cause I'm 
my like, husband says yeah, to me all the yeah. time, Jesse, squirrel, because I'll yeah. be like, yeah. I never thought of myself as unfocused until <laughs> now where I'm just, it's, it comes into my brain. I regurgitate it because I'm so scared yeah. I'm going to forget it. Yeah. That I'm always off topic and my staff must think, like they must think I'm insane. And then yeah. half the time they tell me things and I'm like, I don't remember or I'm mid-sentence. I'm like, I totally forgot. They must think I'm literally insane. Literally insane. We'll start a staff meeting and there's the agenda and we're talking about something. I'm like, oh, it'll be out of left field about something else totally different. And I I think at this point they just can expect it. But also sometimes like Maggie's really good at like, we were talking about this. Let's go back and finish that. But it's so true. Don't you feel like there's so much in your brain at all times that if something comes in and you don't want it to like, you don't yes. want to forget it and you don't have a notepad to write it down. You're like, I, I physically can't yeah. hold it in. I have to say it. And yeah. please, please follow my trail as I just like fit things out of my 100%. mouth. hundred percent. So I'm working, um, I'm working on that. Uh, <laughs> what was the third part of the question? Just that like I- your biggest, what do you feel the most um, proud of? Cause I mean, I think I really, told you everything I think is incredible about your studio, but you've been on this whole journey. So what have been some of the things that you can look back and be like, I did that. I persevered and achieved this. So many things. Uh, even just having the guts to start. Yeah. Um, That's a huge one, by the way. I don't want to rush past that because I think a lot of people, it's so hard to start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that's really an important one to acknowledge. Having, yeah, having that start. Um, I'm proud of, I think what makes me the most proud is when alumni, whether they're still dancing or not, um, come visit, come say hi, uh, just share what they're like, what's happening, sweetie, sweetie what's happening in their life. Um, there's, for example, yesterday, Amanda taught company class and to me watching her just teach her combo and how great it was. And I have worked with people, studio owners or, um, dance team directors or whatever that if their student surpasses them or beats Mm -hmm. them or wins, Mm-hmm. Like if I ever have a student that opens their own dance studio and we're a competition together and they beat us, that will be my ultimate, like I've succeeded because the yeah. student has surpassed the teacher um, versus the like, I, I'm i the one who taught you everything, you know, I should be on no top. Ego. Not that kind of thing. So just having my former students be successful or... um seeing the joy on people's faces, getting, get just simple things like getting thank you emails or I don't know. I just, it's the, I think it's the little things mm-hmm. um, that are the biggest for me. And there, there's like so many hard times and so many things that I've gone through ups oh. and downs in this. And um, it always just comes back to the kids. Well, I want you to know. Sorry, say that again. (laughs) It is so emotional though, right? You put everything into it. Literally. The amount of times I've shed tears over the process, I couldn't even 
I couldn't even count, you know, it's to someone, it might be another dance studio or another clinic or another business, but it's literally our livelihoods, our blood, sweat and tears, our energy, everything. And I want you to know from one business owner to another, and then as a mom of a child in your studio, you have done an amazing job and you continue to do an amazing job. Um, I don't know how you do it all on your own. I know you have a team, but like you have a really big studio and at the end of the day, it's you. Um, And then you've created such a beautiful, special place for my daughter. Um, We're back in business with her (laughs) feeling confident, being challenged more. And we've made really great friends at your studio too. We just had a family here for dinner the other night that we met through your studio because everybody's so welcoming and you create that energy. You create that vibe at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're the one that calls that shot. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay. I will see you tonight. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please rate, review, and follow along on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find out more about me at www.jessieblois.com and follow along at Facebook at Jesse Blois or on Instagram at, at Jesse Blois. See you again next week with another great episode.